Welcome back, folks, to Two Bits on Puck. I'm your host, Mr. Intangibles, a long division expert, and a cheese boy, Dan Masters, with my good friend, the founder and president of the Lil and Dry Side or Fan Club, and a man who needs to watch a certain South Korean film. Well, every human, well, how do you do? Very well, Dan, very well. Long division, yeah. Yeah. It's something I've, I cannot remember for the, for the life of me. I know you do the thing with the little, uh, the little lines and the little house you make, but I can't remember how that applies. Yeah, can, can you walk me through Long Division and, and the listeners as well? I'd need a pad and pen to show it to oh, you. It's, it's so like, here we go. I believe, here we go. As I, as I put on Twitter the other day, I believe my daughter might be a maths genius already at eight years old. I'm just going to throw that out there just in case. Pin, pin, this, pin this thought in case it comes back in 20 years that she's winning some Nobel Prize or something in mathematics, but whatever. She Is, said to me that she'd found a trick for doing massive sums that involve minusing. So I, so she said, give me a minus that's in the thousands. So I was like, fine. So I just did 1,754 minus 928, something like that. She did it in about 10 seconds and got it right. So I said, does that trick work for like higher up sums? Can you do, you know, would it work for 10,000, 100,000? She said, I don't know. So we tried it. We kept going until I got into the billions. So I'm giving her a sum that's 9 billion something, 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 something minus three billion something 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 and she did it in about 20 seconds and i can't even i said i'm gonna try it to see how fast i am there then we've got like a comparison i couldn't even do it so i was just like wow this is amazing like you've you've found a workaround to these ridiculously massive sums and then we got on to do so then i said well now you can do this you need to learn something else so i said can do you know have you done dividing at school yet so she said no so i taught her the easy way to do divides up to 12, because it's just a 12 times table, but in reverse, basically. And I said, though, this is the trick. If it's, for example, 10 times 10 is 100. If you have to divide 100 by 10, what's the other number that's left? And she was like, oh, yeah, it's 10. All right, so she got that. I could never, never, ever, ever, I could never, ever do long division, ever. So we went on YouTube, and this lad who's probably some just, you know, child prodigy who makes it look... Because this, this kid teaching it sounds like he's about 15. I'm <laughs> just like, oh, Christ. Getting lessons here from maths of a 15-year-old. He did this trick with long division, and it absolutely works every time for any long division. And in about an hour, after 39 years, I'd become completely versed in long division and can now do it. <laughs> just like, so I show, I've, been showing it, I've been showing it to everybody. I've been showing it to people how to do this trick. And the issue is, though, I can't explain it to you. Because <laughs> you it involves, like, you have to write it down, and it involves using arrows and bringing numbers down to, like, a next level, and then the next level, and then the next level. But when you've done it, it makes absolute perfect sense. It's mad. You, you'll have to tweet out the link so we can all learn wonderful long division from this 15-year-old kid. It blew me away. Blew me away. So I've just been showing people this trick. And it's so stupidly simple. It's so simple. And I just started thinking, like, all these maths, like, I don't know, like, fucking Dr. Richard Feynman or something, who was the guy who worked on the atomic bar, you know, he worked on the Manhattan Project and the war, and he won a Nobel Prize in physics, and he was on the uh, the committee that looked into the uh, uh, the space shuttle that blew up. He's on that committee, and he solved the problems. And I'm just thinking, is this guy really a genius, or has he just got all these little tricks in his back pocket for working out these, like, these math equations and these physics equations? It's like, is that all it is? Is that all maths is? Just little tricks to, like, work around? Yeah, absolutely. Like, that's, that's all being a genius is at all. It's working out a better way that works for you to 
to do things that, that means you're more efficient than other people, isn't it? Well, that's me. Yeah, my previous sentence then shows alone that I am no genius. <laughs> is that what a genius is? Working things out? Yes, Daniel. So, is. <laughs> so you, you're telling me that a genius is just like some smart bloke or, or bloquette? <laughs> yeah. So a genius is a man or a woman who can just work things out really quickly. Yeah, no kidding, Dan. Well done. <laughs> How long did it take to work out that out? Like I said, about, 30, about 39 years. <laughs> All right. We are truly... We made a joke last week about it being the dog days of summer in autumn. This is truly it now. The NHL's turned all, all the lights off. They've gone to bed. There's just like, yeah, like, Wendy, hold my calls. I'm not taking any calls. I don't care who's ringing me. I'm at my cabana. I'm at my cabana hut on the beach, chilling out. Don't, don't Nobody talk to me. There has been a few things, though. And there was a, a GM Zoom call. And they the only couple of subjects that they brought up that I thought were maybe interesting was there was a discussion about the draft lottery and how to improve it, which I'm fairly, fairly, fairly sure was prompted by a Miss a Mr. S. Eisenman from Detroit. So who's who's Again, to say? Who's to say? Who's to say after this guy's team has get screwed from the fucking lottery again for the third year in a row? I mean, it is terrible that they just they just keep tanking and keep getting the fourth getting the fourth pick. It's fucking awful. Or like later, yes. and I was just wondering if you had any kind of you know should they just go back to the fact that okay if you've got the worst record you get the first pick and that's it. I don't know if you had any ideas or if you. I know there's the, the lot of talk about the gold, the gold method, where after you're eliminated, you then try harder to get more points, and after elimination, the team with the most points or the highest percentage of points then gets the first overall pick. I wonder what your thoughts are on that. I, just, I think it depends on like what the NHL actually want to achieve, and what they really want to achieve is parity. So to an extent, for them to to promote parity, there it's in their best interest to to still have. Uh, a weighted draft lottery rather than just a straight, you know, 31 picks first, 30 picks second, etc. Because without the defined guarantee of if you finish last, you're finishing first, you pick first, there's less of an incentive to tank properly and then subsequently more of an incentive to, to actually have a half decent team. Not to say that it completely precludes teams from tanking, sort of thing. But yeah, I, I, I think personally they should go back to just, yeah, if you finish last, you pick first. Because that's that's it, isn't it? Like I, I kind of I, I enjoy the drama of the draft lottery, and obviously being a Stars fan, I've benefited from the draft lottery in the last few years. I benefited considerably, <laughs> yeah. but I do I do just think like I feel I feel for the Detroit's and stuff, and and Detroit fans because they're not getting any better. They're not necessarily doing anything particularly malicious in the way that they're tanking effectively you know they, they haven't traded away Dylan Larkin and Anthony Mantha and that they're just you know, I think I think Detroit have done a relatively honest rebuild and uh, slash tank because because <laughs> Ken Holland put them in such a shit situation so yeah I, I think in the ideal world we have no draft whatsoever and you can just just fucking bid it more but um yeah if we keep if we're keeping the draft <laughs> then I think yeah scrap the lottery it's fucked up it's fucking pointless not pointless, but yeah, it's not. It's not fucking ideal, is it? This season was the. This season was the end for me. That I thought, all right, like the lottery's done. I mean, you can't, you know, teams that had been in the playoffs. Then maybe like the Leafs. If the Leafs had got the first overall pick, or the Oilers had got the first overall pick, it would have been an absolute. Oh, yeah, thrill. but this year you can't. Like with anything in the bubble, you can't compare this year to other years and then make a judgment of it. I agree. I agree with you now no, that there was no lottery. 
If there was no lottery, it wouldn't have mattered. No, you're right. If there was no you're lottery, right. the bubble doesn't matter. The worst team gets the first pick, and then subsequent worst teams get the next picks. That's simple. And then that's it. Yeah, that's that's very true. That is very true. I just... And I just, I just think, I've always thought, like, the, the GMs and owners... I always, always have to look at that financial bottom line, which is something that we do talk about a lot on here that people never seem to bring up. There's a financial implication to your team being bad. If that owner is willing to risk a loss of revenue to make his team better, that should be up to him or her. That should be their choice. So in Detroit, if they say, that's it, we're tanking, we're going to lose half our revenue from the fan base because they know we're tanking. So there's no point in them coming back to the, to watch games because why would they care if they know that we're trying to be bad? That's their decision. They own the team. They should be allowed to do that to get that first or second or third overall pick. Because then what's happening with the lottery is you are now seeing teams like Detroit who are completely stuck in limbo. The, 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 because there's no guarantee of you getting a first, second or third overall pick. And again, the first, second or third overall pick isn't always a guarantee. but if, if in the past couple of years the Red Wings had got a Lafreniere or Christ, even like a you know a Jack Hughes or a, like a, you know a Kako or somebody like that, yep. okay, now they've got something they can build around. Now they've got a piece that they can say, right, this is our guy. We're going to build around him and, and work around this, you know, work around this player. And instead, they're just sort of nickel and diamond and trying to find the like who would you take at four or five? Yeah, I don't know. This guy maybe because you don't know. And I just I don't know. I just think the NHL's desire for parity is with the lottery is actually making it worse. You know, with all these teams just going nowhere. Yeah, and and their desire for parity full stop is is nonsensical. Like I think it's shooting themselves in the foot because so. What's the most important part of the NHL schedule in the year, Dan? It's the playoffs, isn't it? I would say the, the playoffs. playoffs. Yeah, exactly. So if you've got teams who are tanking and subsequently getting rid of their good players in order to replace them with bad players. Which teams are going to be taking the good players? It's the fucking playoff teams, the teams who aren't in, aren't in for a hope of getting those those low picks. So you're going to promote tanking for for the shit teams, and then giving them incentive to become better later down the line because they've got more guarantee of getting good young players, and you're putting better players into the playoffs. You wouldn't end up with a situation where like Taylor Hall's played in fucking five playoff games in his in his lifetime because the shit teams he was stuck on would have fucking offloaded him because it made sense to, rather than, oh, we could trade Taylor Hall and have a 15% chance of picking first, or we could keep him. So it's you're you're going to bolster your better teams by promoting tanking, and then, in theory, sharing the wealth later down the line by the draft. And if you don't think that that is going to work, as in, you know, play, if, if you don't think that tanking can improve teams in the long run, you're basically saying that the draft's fucked, so fuck the whole thing. There you go. I think we've solved we it. Do, we have. We've fixed it. We've we've definitely fixed it. Just go back. Just go back to it. Once. Click that. Send it to Bill Daly and be like, "There you go, son. Sorted." Once again, two British one park have come to the NHL's rescue. <laughs> hey, do you know what? I'm going to throw this in. I'm going to throw this in. This is something I've. This is something I've been thinking about recently, and this is this is relating to Alfonso Davis, yes. the left back who plays for Bayern Munich, the Canadian kid, because Jonathan David. Another Canadian player has just gone to Lille in France for like thirty million quid. Is he the one? And they're expecting big. Was he playing for like Strasbourg? I'm thinking. Sorry, was he playing for Strasbourg or was that someone else I'm thinking of? He might have been. Anyway, he's gone to Lille now. Anyway, and I was thinking the NHL needs to hope. 
that these Canadian players don't end up being world famous. I mean, Alfonso Davis, I would say, is there now. He is, after that run in the Champions League last year, where he was just making mints out of the entire Barcelona team, yeah. that, that he, like, he jumped onto the mega stage immediately. Yeah, you, you, cannot, does the same. you cannot skin Nelson Semedo live on national television and not be a superstar. <laughs> yeah, you can't pull his pants down and give it to him dry <laughs> and then not be expected to be talked about the next day. <laughs> it was fucking ridiculous. But the NHL needs to be careful with things, like with, with these players, because if you're a Canadian family and you've been hit by COVID, like, you know, lost your job or you've been on furlough or something like that, and money's really tight, and your little boy or little girl says, well, we'd like to play hockey. And then you look at, like we said before, you look at the fucking cost of it. Meanwhile, you know that there are footy players playing in Europe, making an absolute fucking fortune. And all you've got to give the kid is a ball on a wall and just say, tell me, why don't you just go and kick the ball outside against the garage for two hours and see how you feel about it? Yeah, 100%. And who's, who's a more famous world athlete, Sidney Crosby or Alfonso Davis? It's, exactly, it's got to be. Exactly. It's got to be Davis. It's got to be Davis, and he's been around for a minute. Not even close. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think. I think without a doubt, because I, I reckon even even the, the Venn diagram of people who've heard of both, like more, you know, like your diehard hockey fans will have heard heard of Alfonso Davis, whereas your diehard footy fans, no way in hell have heard of Sidney Crosby. Do you not be a better? Oh, do you not be a better comparison? Oh, Man, I wish I could go to Germany and conduct some kind of research. Two pictures. One, current Hart Trophy winner, Leon Dreisaitl, oh. German player, or Alfonso Davis. Yeah. Not to say, not to say, you know, not a great player, but he's not the best player at Bayern. He's not even the best player in his position. I think Andy Robertson's a better left back than Alfonso Davis. Because yeah. I think Alfonso Davis is a little bit lacking defensively. Of course you fucking... Whereas well, Andy, Robertson, Andy Robertson's better. D- but... David, Davis reeks to me of... Not to completely sidetrack this. He's going to be your, your Gareth Bale type, isn't he? Gareth he, Bale. He yeah, starts as a left exactly back, that. but no, he's actually a forward. Yeah, he's actually left wing or left forward. That makes more sense. And just have, just have two pitches up on a random street in Germany. Anywhere, go to well, go to all the major cities. Go to Bremen, go to Dortmund, go to Munich. Just put the two pictures up and just, you know, vote with the token. Which one do you know? Just have a picture of uh, Leon Dreisaitl and a picture of Alfonso Davis, and like it wouldn't even be close. It wouldn't even be close. Dreisaitl would get nothing, and, and he's that, the current, that, if you're looking at the awards, best player in hockey. And, and that's another another issue that comes with hockey as well, where if you just did pictures, yeah, a photo of their oh, faces. Yeah. Even even if like people say, oh yeah, I've heard of Leon Dreisaitl, they're not necessarily going to know what he looks like. Yeah, Fucking yeah. Man. I think the NHL's got an issue. These Canadian kids that are <laughs> coming over here, taking our jobs, <laughs> coming over to our Champions League, fucking taking the piss in it. I'm not having that. <laughs> but it's not. true though. Yeah. Yeah, why would you? Why would you spend all that fucking money sending your kid to these bullshit hockey camps? Oh, he's at a he's actually he's at shooting camp this week, eh? School holidays, get him to that shooting camp. No, here's a ball. Do you know, I mean, you may not be aware of this, people, but the reason why football is the most popular sport in the world is because you don't even need, technically, a ball to play that sport. There are kids in Africa, like, look at like the way Ronaldinho grew up. There was times where they didn't have a ball, so they would roll up shirts into a ball, like just T-shirts and make them into a ball. They'll play with a tennis ball. They'll play... You should see... There's, there's pictures out there of, like, Argentinian players, Brazilian players. Who can do keepy-uppy with a golf ball? 
because that's sometimes that's all they had to play with. You don't even need a football to start playing football. Whereas with you don't, and you don't need goals because it's the you know the classic jumpers for goalposts, a tree and a stick. There's my goalposts. Like anything, anything can be a goalpost. Take your shoes off. Right, you got a goal. You got goalposts. There you go. Done. Whereas obviously hockey's a million things. Yeah, you you don't even need like a goals or a pitch or anything. You don't need any no, one to no. play with to work on your skills in football. And obviously, to an extent, you can do that with with hockey and, and almost any other sport as well. Yeah, there are elements that you can work with on your own without the right con- right equipment. But hockey specifically, the alternatives to playing on the ice with the puck and with the goal are still expensive and not readily available around the house. I had a friend who would play when I was a kid. He would. Uh, in school holidays to keep himself entertained for a little bit because obviously this isn't the time you know before fucking mobile phones and the internet and all that kind of thing because I'm old mm. but he literally got a pack of plasters just sticking plasters for cuts he used all of them and made them into a ball fucking legend and then would set up some goals in his living room and try and like do tricks or chip the the plaster ball into the goals and stuff like that that's how easy it is to start playing football to just do something. It's not like I need a stick. I mean, I was thinking, like, what's the what's the least amount of equipment you could use to practice hockey? So I'm thinking inline skates, a stick and a ball. No, you don't, you, no just a stick and a ball, I think. Cause you can stick get, and a ball, actually, yeah. You, you, could, you could get a golf ball, a tennis ball, whatever, use your stick in your yeah. room, work on your, your stick handling or whatever. But, but, actually, but you, you still need... You need the gloves, wouldn't you? To I, get the feel right. Ideally, but you can, you can do it without gloves. True, but you. But the the principal point is you still need a stick, and I'd imagine even in in Canada, you're still going to have to pay twenty quid for a stick, aren't you, for a kid? Yeah. Whereas over here, even even if you say, "Oh, you don't find a ball, you don't find a tennis ball," go out to Sports Direct to get a ball for two quid, and that ball will last yeah. you a million years. Or like I said, you can make a ball. You don't even need to play football <laughs> in this country. You don't even need grass. You can play this, like I said, there's kids in Africa who literally learned playing on sand desert floors. Uh, that's just how they started. Players in Brazil, they would literally just kick the ball up and down giant hills in the favelas. It wasn't, you don't even need a level playing surface, anything. You don't need anything. Well, any, any, anyone in England would agree that you can get away with just the most cracked up gravelly concrete and uh, <laughs> claim that you're playing prison yeah. rules. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. The NHL's got to be careful. In fact, I tell you, if I'm Gaz or Bill, I might be sending a uh, sending somebody to hobble Alfonso if possible. <laughs> Maybe just wait for him, wait for him outside some kind of Munich night spot or something with a with a club, just, just whack him in the knee as hard as possible. <laughs> you're not ruining my sport. What's Lee Bowyer up to these days? I reckon he probably needs a couple of quid, <laughs> didn't he? I was going to say what? Um, oh, who was that figure skater? Those two, you know, those two women figure skaters. Oh, you mean um, the other one, oh, like Tonya Harding? Tonya Harding. What's that's she up to? <laughs> Call that that film or something else. I told you, quality film. That's mad, isn't it? Beautiful. Anyway, uh, and yeah, and sorry, that was a little sidetrack there. And the other thing, <laughs> the bit. gym's meeting was the start of the new season and discussions around it because the NBA has announced that they're going to try and start in two months, which is <sighs> a real, real quick turnaround because they want to try and get back on track as quick as possible, don't they, to their to their regularly scheduled programming, mm. shall we say, and. The rumor is, the rumor is that Gaz and Bill have already decided. Okay, we know when it's going to be. We know how games, how many games it's going to be, and they've already told the higher ups. 
and they are now like, okay, this is one we have to plan for. This is the, the, the idea going forward. But they're still throwing out loads of, well, we'd still like to try and get 82 games in, or we'd still like to try to make the season as long as possible or as straight as possible. And I don't know why they just don't say now. Because, I mean, there's rumours everywhere that it's already decided and they know what they're doing. So why would you try and hide it? I don't I don't get that. Well, I suppose it's about um, getting, getting a reduction right, isn't it? Yeah. You know, you might have most of it, 60% of it sorted, but until it's all sorted and all sort of, there are so many moving parts to it, until it's all ready and, and set in stone, you don't want to make promises you can't fulfil, do you? Would you, so if you if you had two choices, would you rather have a shortened season and then get back on track at this time next year? Like regularly, you know, and so that you have like a shortened season and then you back to like October to kind of June as a, as a proper season, the season after. Mm-hmm. Or would you try and make this season as long as possible, start a bit later next season, and then do it the year after that? No, I reckon I reckon short shortened season this year, especially because Seattle are coming in next year, aren't they? Yeah, it's true. So I reckon if you any until you actually have a shortened season, you're just going to be kicking the can down the road, I think. And I, I reckon it behooves the NHL more off more to take the hit this year when we're probably not going to have fans in the stands anyway and even if we do it'll be like fucking four of them why not just take that hit this year then say right let's gear everything up to have like perfectly healthy slate of players not not trying to do any of this 82 games in four weeks nonsense and like run the risk of killing Conor McDavid and then just have a full 82 game slate hope that we have fans in the stands hope that most things are back to normal or some semblance of it to welcome in Seattle and have a big old boon and, and loads of money coming in, this, that and the other. Because I, I really think the alternative is if you try and have as long a season as possible this year or you know longer than recommended, you're going to run the risk of injury, you're going to have a poorer product on the ice and it is 100% going to have knock-on effects to next season and then the season after and so on and so on. Yeah, I, I agree. I'd, I'd rather do a you know, 48, 50, yeah. 55, 60 games this year get it done get back on track because like we said before they've got to be done for the, they've got to be done for the olympics it just it just makes sense for them to be done before that starts definitely and then proper off season we can't be doing this again next year we can't be there's at some point like the vaccine has to be at least nearly ready doesn't it <laughs> i mean you'd hope so <laughs> doesn't have to be ready I hope so i remember in march when they were first talking about it and they'd started doing the first very very initial tests on things and it was, okay, so it's going to be at least a year before we get any kind of vaccine going. So, you know, if we get to like February or March, I would hope then that we're kind of back on track somewhat, or at least starting to get back on track. Well, I, th- I think the talk is to have like maybe a 60-70% effective vaccine in January, but it's, it's like everything to do with it until it's actually happening. I, it's all nonsense, isn't it? It's all spin either way. Yeah, it's true. So I think it's, it's we don't have a vaccine today. Maybe we'll have one tomorrow. <laughs> Tune in yeah. to find out. <laughs> Two GPs, one put. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's start the show. All right, then. So we're going to start off the show this week 
Some sad news from Edmonton. Joey Moss, a long-time Edmonton Oilers locker room attendant, died on Monday at the age of 57. This is one of those, I guess, beautiful stories of somebody showing you that it doesn't matter what your disabilities are, what your start in life is, you can overcome those things and, and make yourself into somebody. And Moss was born in uh, 1963. Uh, he has Down syndrome. He had Down syndrome, and he was the I didn't I actually didn't know this, but he became the Oilers' locker room attendant when Gretzky was dating his sister. I didn't oh, know that's how that happened. That that rings a bell now that you mentioned it. Maybe it did, yeah, maybe it did, and maybe it's just something I'd forgotten. But I was like, I just remember looking at it thinking, oh no way, that's pretty cool. He was a permanent fixture ever since, and I think it's really interesting that. You can always gauge the effect somebody has had on an area or even a you know the wider world in general when you see the outpouring of love and affection that came from that person passing. And I mean, I can't remember the last time I've seen this many beautiful goodwill messages from former players, players from other teams. You know, everybody was just, you know, sending out Twitter messages and Instagram messessages talking about how much they love Joey and his inspiration and all that kind of thing. He was the he was awarded in 2003 the NHL Alumni Association's Seventh Man Award, and in 2008 he got a mural in Edmonton for his service to clubs. In 2012 he received a Queen Elizabeth II Diamond Jubilee Medal, honouring contributions and achievements by Canadians, and was inducted into the Alberta Sports Hall of Fame in 2015. And he also inspired the Joey Moss Cup, which was a, a tournament that was held at the end of Oilers training camp. A uh, a beautiful bit of sweet story. That's that's about. I, I didn't know he'd had like the QE two uh, medal, and yeah, and obviously being inducted into the Alberta Sports Hall of Fame. That's that's incredible for for someone who, funnily enough, I don't know who Joey Moss is. I've never I've never spoken to him, sort of thing. I only know him through. His work with the Oilers and what you see on on the TV and on the internet and stuff, you know, the images of him, the enthusiasm that he has for that team and the the obvious love and support that he pours out for all the players on that club, it's beautiful. It's beautiful, like like you say, it's 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 hard not to see that infectious spirit reflected in in the memorials that people are putting out and the kind words people are putting out for him. So, yeah, a a, a big loss for the hockey world, whether we know it or not if that makes sense. I'll start with this first, because I want to try and end on fucking better, more fun news. <sighs> the Arizona Coyotes last month were going on about how they, uh, their chief executive was uh, attached or elected to an elite NHL committee that pledged to stop racism. And then the team decided to spend its first round draft pick on a racist who had been bullying. I mean, to really really hit the uh, the ball out of the park when you're deciding to bully somebody uh, due to racism and then not only uh, due to them being developmentally disabled, which is just staggering. And, I mean, Jesus Christ. Do you know what? I'll let you get, I'll let you get your thoughts on this first because there was something off this I wanted to piggyback on to have a quick little moan about as I want to do. Are we even surprised anymore? Really? No, no, not at all. Yeah. The, the one thing I want to say is like, and this might not be the the best point to start on with. Mitchell Miller does deserve a chance to rehabilitate rehabilitate his 
image and, and the way he was treated by society. Like, it's an absolutely heinous thing that he had done when he was 14. Absolutely heinous and unforgivable, and it does not does not afford him the right to become a first-round draft pick in the NHL. But he did not do any... You know, did not do himself any service or any favours and did not, in, in the statement put out, didn't even apologise to the victim. He he deserves in the long run to be allowed to be rehabilitated, as I think all criminals should be, but he has not made any effort to do that. And to me, that reflects even more poorly on the on the coyotes for picking him in the first place. We talk about all the extensive character interviews that we have for draft picks. Okay, now, fucking coyotes of all people. Surely they had plenty of extra time with him, didn't they? Jeez Louise. And they still see a young man who is not even able to repent for the crimes he has committed. So I think it reflects awfully on the Coyotes. Absolutely awfully, especially in 2020, the first draft after the murder of George Floyd, the first draft after the murder of Breonna Taylor and all the work that has been done around the world for the Black Lives Matter movement. Supposedly, the the NHL are doing so so much work that they're doing on their own that they do not need to fund the HDA themselves. They, they don't need to, Dan, because they're actually doing the fucking work because they have wonderful people like whoever the fuck it is from the Coyotes is on their, their diversity committee. And it is another event in a long string of them that shows that not only the league as a whole, but each of its member clubs does not give a fuck about this shit. Does not give a fuck. No, you're right. And Oh, yeah. <laughs> just like the the Coyotes' statement as well. And nobody nobody from the Coyotes would give um, an interview about why they decided to draft him. But there's a line, uh, I've got it here, from the other, the other, they sent out a statement... Given our priorities on diversity and inclusion, we believe we are in the best position to guide Mitchell into becoming a leader for this cause and preventing bullying and racism now and in the future. And I sent out a tweet joking about it, saying that, yeah, it's kind of like making Harold Shipman the uh, the team doctor so he can become a leader for best medical practices. I just... It's fucking... It's ridiculous. Like, nice you, you, can't, you can't convince me. This is This is the whole... You're repenting for your sins now because you've been caught. Yeah, because it's all been dug up. Yeah. If if it said if it said that he'd have done this thing, he'd have bullied Isaiah Mayer Crothers. If if Mitchell Miller had been bullying Isaiah Mayer Crothers for years, and at fourteen fifteen suddenly realised, oh God, what what the fuck am I doing? This is horrendous, and he'd immediately started trying to repent, trying to you know. If it had come out that then he'd written he'd written a letter of apology saying sorry and even trying to explain in some half-assed way why he'd done it, you'd then at least say, okay, this isn't really now a story because it didn't prompt anything else. He took it off his own back. He realised what he'd done was terrible and he tries to he's tried to make amends for it, but no, he, he's just you know it's it's just come out now because it's because somebody brought it up. It's got nothing to do with Mitchell Miller wanting to repent for his sins. And the character is coming out with that bullshit statement and, and saying as well, this isn't a story about excuses or justifications. It's a story about reflection, growth and community impact. Well, um, you're making an excuse there. That's an excuse. You're saying, okay, so what's happened before? Yeah, don't worry about that. 
But actually, let's reflect. Seriously, like, ho- that's hockey's favourite word is reflect. It drives me up the fucking wall. A true leader finds ways for every person to contribute to the solution. We all need to be a part of the solution. You know how you can be part of the solution, don't you? <laughs> it's by not drafting a kid who abused a develop- developmentally disabled and young black kid for those reasons. And some of the things he fucking did were fucking horrific. Uh, yeah, I'm just going through it now. And I mean, we won't we won't give give any airtime to the horrendous hate crimes he committed. But yeah, he it, it, it was targeted abuse over a number of years for both uh, Isaiah's Isaiah's learning difficulties and his race, which is just ridiculous. I I tried to have a quick little look, and I don't know if. Well, I don't know if I can, and saying it out loud, surely they must be able to because the NHL is the NHL. They should have barred this kid from the draft. They should have. He should not have been allowed to be drafted. And you know what's amazing? This Mitchell Miller never actually apologised to Isaiah Mayer Crowley, nope. except instead what he did do was write a letter to every NHL team explaining how sorry he was. Yeah, why is that? fucking know why that is because actually yeah the kid i bullied yeah fucking whatever don't care about him but holy shit one of these teams might take me and i might be able to make a boatload of money off it so i better look like i actually give a shit here's here's a choice and i fucking guarantee oh, go on. you can fucking guarantee in seven or eight years fucking mitchell miller's going to be the fucking star guest on tony d'angelo's fucking podcast and they're going to be fucking yucking up talking about shit that just makes my fucking skin crawl and yeah i agree i agree and you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna piggyback this onto my point. This is what this is what's starting to annoy me about this now as well. Is that hockey is the sports version of pro wrestling. It's completely niche. It's outside every other sports reporting kind of bubble because nobody gives two shits about hockey. The wider world do not give a shit about hockey. The only place I saw this majorly reported was all from hockey people, like The Athletic or fucking Sportsnet or whatever. Yet, how many people, how many people knew about this? All the teams knew about it. Yeah, the and league as a whole. reporters knew about it and never said anything and never reported on it. And it's back to the whole fucking Babcock and Bill Peters and all that shit. And how many times after they got shit canned, did somebody say, I mean, oh yeah, I've heard all these stories before. Well, motherfucker, why aren't you reporting on it? If you're a hockey reporter, why aren't you reporting on it? Why aren't you talking about this when it's happening? And we know why. Because they're scared to fucking death of losing their privileges within their teams. And I've mentioned it before, the fucking Senator's beat writer, I can't remember his name, but he was writing, criticising the team, and they barred him from the charter plane on the way home. And that's what they're up against, these reporters. But, like, they need to grow a set of fucking balls, and they need to grow a spine. Because shit like this should be reported on. Like the Babcock stuff should have been, like the Akeem Alou stuff should have been. And yet, it won't be. It just, you know, oh yeah, little story here or there, little side note in the bottom corner of the fucking local paper. And and nothing ever gets nothing's ever going to get done about it, and it you know, it's just that that compounded it for me as well that every team knew about this. So therefore, in my opinion, how many reporters knew about this? And yep. I get it. And this might seem like an unpopular opinion, and I apologise for this, kind of. But 
we all fucking love, like Pierre and fucking Frege and Marek and Wyshynski and all these people who promote this sport, where the fuck are their voices when it... You can't be after the fact and say, well, this is disgraceful, this kind of thing needs to stop. When you know about it, you've known about it beforehand. I don't believe for one second that the majority of reporters or even beat reporters didn't know about this story. They must have done. They must have done. And in the build-up to the draft, did did you know who Mitchell Miller was? Was it no. brought was it brought up beforehand? No, of course it wasn't. Of course it no. wasn't. Yeah, maybe if he if he'd had a fallen out of a coach in junior, we'd have heard about it and his and his yeah. uh, personality issues, his character flaws. But no, this yeah, sort of he's thing. Not good in the room. He's not. He's not good in the room. Great in the room, just uh, awful in real life. And yeah. and that sort of thing. This should have been like you said. It should have been everywhere. Even even if you're not thinking of it as like a big expose and saying oh, blah blah blah, like oh you should you should go to juvenile hall or whatever it might be. This if we're reporting about all these kids, yeah, and I know I know about yeah X Y and Z player from Sweden and Finland and Russia. There's a kid playing in OHL who got, who's good enough to go in the first round, and we weren't even it wasn't even slightly reported on the fact that. In, in the past four years, he'd been been racially abusing another child. It's it's fucking it's shameful. It's absolutely shameful. And the fact that the Coyotes even picked him is just disgraceful. It's it's unconscionable. It's unconscionable. It would have been unconscionable if he hadn't told them, because that would have been all right. You haven't done your due diligence or whatever. Blah blah blah. But yeah, the fact that he openly admitted to it in in from what I can see, seems to be quite a pathetically worded letter. Yeah, it's it's outrageous. And the fact that they haven't even... They could release him now. They could surrender his signing rights and be like, look, we made a... Clearly made a mistake. Blah, blah, blah. We regret it, etc., etc. We will not be offering Mitchell Miller a contract. But no, they're doubling down. So now we're going to make him captain when he makes the team. He's going to be the Mutts Nuts. We are stand, we're going to change our name to the Arizona Mitchell Millers. And this is how it's going to go. It's fucking mate, ship them off to fucking Quebec now. Like I'm, I'm no longer Team Coyotes. They're fucking scum. What about like I was just like I was just ranting about then, like the reporting side. Yeah, when, that, that... when are people? When are actual reporters and writers and and people who can actually make a difference going to start reporting on this kind of shit? The amount of people I heard after the fucking Bill Peters thing or the Babcock thing saying, I mean, yeah, we all knew this kind of thing goes on. What? 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 What are you talking about? You can't say that. And but for some reason, all these reporters just get a free pass. Like, well, yeah. I mean, you know, what are they supposed to do? I don't know. Maybe report on it and let people know this is happening. But like I said, maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe because no one gives a shit about hockey, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Well, it's, it's it's exactly like you said, where because of the nature of the job, they are fully reliant on the NHL granting them access. X, Y, and Z, you know, and they work for media outlets that are partnered with the NHL. So, yeah, of course you can't, you know, where where it is a private industry and it's a private, um, not private club, but do you know what I mean? Like, it's not necessarily public interest, like you're reporting on the stock market or the government or anything like that. This is purely a private niche sport who, yeah, as as the NHL having basically de facto control over the sport at large, to, we we should expect it from reporters to to 
to out people like Mitchell Miller and Del Peters and Babcock and stuff, but in the the Akina Lou story, etc., it goes on and on and on. But I I understand why it doesn't happen because that's people saying, right, I can I can report this story and be ostracized for the rest of my career, or I can follow the rest of my peers and uh, keep my mouth shut and and stay within the industry and keep fat and happy and stuff like that. So it's 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 purposefully generated the the ecosystem around the NHL is purposefully designed to to be behind closed doors to be within within its own circles to protect itself. This is going to sound very what's the word? I know this is just I know comments like this I'm about to make just end up with well don't fucking watch it then like why do you even watch why are you even bothered? Uh, I don't care I'm too old to care about stuff like that anymore I don't care. But I had to stop. I've basically stopped consuming hockey content outside of, you know, things I want to find or, you know, searching for particular writers or listening to particular people on podcasts because it's all just fluff. It's all just fluff. You know, it, it's never... I don't want to pick on him because he's beloved and it's going to sound like I'm picking on him. But you listen to 31 Thoughts, right? And I, and I like... Elliot Friedman is a fantastic reporter. He really is. He's a fantastic reporter. But he's just the same as everyone else. He just has to kind of be nicey-nicey around the issue. And he'll never just say, you know, this was a disgrace and it's embarrassing to this sport. And I'm ashamed. You know, it's never that. It's always, well, you know, they've got a lot of things to work out. And, you know, they're going to see where it goes. And, well, maybe we'll see some changes. It's never... I think I'm only I think I'm only picking on Fridge because he was... He's like the reporter that I enjoy reading the most. Well, and, and he's arguably the most connected, uh, especially now that uh, Uncle Bob's retired. Um, I, th- I think yeah. I think what you were getting at is he's not Katie Strang, is he? Katie Strang's yeah. out there, you know, doing the hard reporting, getting hard things. And Freege is, like you said, I absolutely love him. I really, I really do really enjoy him and really enjoy his work with Marek. But you're absolutely right to say he is arguably the most connected person in hockey, or at the very least, he's connected enough. But the nature of Freege's job and Freege's reporting is to tell us who's getting traded, who's signing, who's going to the minors, who's who's X, Y, and Z, you know, or who's, what are the Maple Leafs going to do about their goaltending issue, blah, blah, blah. That's what Freege's job is. And if he then suddenly start, you know, tries to pivot for five minutes to oh, there's racial abuse happening in the AHL, he's then going to shut off all the all the access he has to his bread and butter, which is, all oh, Taylor Hall just got traded to the Coyotes. Not to say that that's right, but that's that's absolutely it. Like, it's the separation of, of church and state, if you will. You know, the function of the sport and the function of the league, the reportings are separate. And if you start reporting on the league and the culture around it, you then don't, Aren't allowed access to to the sport itself, and 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 that. Oh, I agree. I get I get why it happens. It's it's, it's still disappointing. It's still very disappointing. <laughs> and what you were saying about oh, if you don't like it, then go go watch another sport. Don't watch it, or whatever. Nah, fuck that. If anyone actually fucking thinks that and believes that, you're part of the problem. Because what what are we meant to do? Say, oh, hockey's full of racist white supremacists who want to enable it to be a racist white supremacist league, let's just leave them alone and let them do that. No. No, I do We should, you know, nobody should be precluded from their ability to enjoy the sport of hockey at the highest level with the best players in the world. 
yeah, objectively, as much as, yeah, I don't want to fucking blow smoke up the AHL's arse, like, it is the best hockey product on the planet, people should not be excluded from that, just so that the Tony D'Angelo's of the world, the Mitchell Millers of the world, can run around saying the N-word in the fucking locker room. It's not fucking it. Yeah. Take it, take it away, take the sport away from the fucking racists. Don't, don't tell anti-racists and, you know, whoever it might be, don't... <laughs> Don't say hockey is for everyone who agrees with my fucking mantra. And to reiterate, I was just, I don't know, Friedman was just the first person I thought of, but they're all the same. They're all the same. Mm. None of them ever, especially on the national stage, you know, when you're broadcasting across the whole of Canada, put a fucking marker down, put a stake in the ground at the start of it. And, uh, you know, use actual hard-hitting language. Don't, you know, be saying, oh, well, he's got complications or we know about his issues. Just say, say it, yeah, fucking out loud. Was a fucking racist, well, not a fucking racist, but you know, just say, Tony D'Angelo makes has made racist comments. Don't say he's got off ice issues because you just you just softening what's actually happened. And they're all like I said, I didn't mean to pick on Frege, but they're all the same. They're all the same. And at, and at the same point, I can enjoy their work and what they do and how they write, but when it comes to these issues. They're dropping Sports the ball, pussyfooting around it, dragging their feet, and you and you are right. I get why they do it because then it's like, well, fine, we'll give you no more stories then, and that just shows how fucking broken, broken the system. The whole system is, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Another Let's move on. <laughs> another week in the NHL, fucking hell. Another week in the NHL, just yeah, just great stuff. As always, and maybe they hate this. We are brought to you and sponsored by the fine folks at Wave Intel. If you're lining bed tonight, wondering why on earth your team is paying a four fine centre three and a half billion dollars a year, then let Wave Intel explain it to you using their patented comparison charts and rafts of other data. It's so easy that even a simpleton like Will can understand it. Wave Intel <laughs> and line and on Twitter, being smart, so you don't have to. And of course, we're on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, YouTube, anywhere else you can listen to podcasts. And being buried in a time capsule, only to be opened when the aliens have decided to wipe us out. And if you could leave a little review or a five star where you listen, that would be lovely. I was going to talk about. I was going to quickly mention some RFAs, but yeah, whatever. We all know who the RFAs are. I can't be bothered. Yeah, not not particularly. Like, no, nobody signed. That's well, fucking Sam yeah. Re- Sam Reinhardt signed. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Nobody else. No one cares. This is something that I wanted to mention. I saw this on Twitter the other day. And it, because I work for the National Health Service, I see this kind of thing all the time. And I saw a job that the Toronto Maple Leafs have hired former <laughs> Panthers assistant GM Eric Joyce as a director of hockey strategy. Oh. And my immediate thought was, right, what the fuck is that job? What does that mean? Because here's my, as, as, a, as a layman, if you will, Will, here's my hockey strategy. Win as many games as you can. That's my hockey strategy. I don't know about you. You might, you know, you might be trying to push for ties and overtime wins or shootouts. I don't know. Mine's just win. That's my hockey strategy. Win as many games as possible. And you see this all the time in the NHS. And you, you probably see it as well at um, what you do. You just see jobs and you just think, what do you actually do? What yeah, is what, this? what is your fucking day to day like? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's your day to day? What does a director of hockey strategy do every day? What's his diary look like? Is it just smoozing with a bunch of people he knows for some reason? So to make it seem like I wasn't focusing on Toronto, I just quickly went to six or seven other teams. I think I went to the Panthers, the Bruins. I went to the Wild, the Stars, and just looked at their 
um, their corporate structure, their corporate tree, basically, of jobs. I'm going to give you some of these other jobs that I just, I just think are just fucking ridiculous. You know what? You wonder why NHL franchises are fucking losing money. Go and look right, <laughs> at every NHL franchise's corporate strategy. Look how many people there are on that. There's more, there's more people than players. I'm not even joking. And I'm talking about in the minors as well. You know, like your fifth, your roster of 50 or whatever. There's way more. There's way more people doing behind the scenes shit, which I just, I just don't get. We've I mean, got, that, that makes sense. Just to, just to pause on that idea, like that makes sense to me because there's no limit on the amount of front office staff you can have. And, and if there's somebody with good ideas that you can hire and add to the melting pot of ideas, yeah, do it. I, th- I think what I take from your point is there is a lot of dead weight in those front offices. <laughs> But I, yeah, I if there's 51 people and they're all contributing something very important, that's fine. But, but we... I refuse to believe, looking at some of these job titles, that these people are all contributing something very important. Without, without a doubt, it's, it's fucking NHL. Job titles aside, you can guarantee that at least 30 of those 51 people are just saying, what we need to do is get anyone who's over six foot three and 210 pounds. That's who we're aiming yeah. for. That's my draft strategy. All right, thanks, Mick. See you in a year. Uh, fucking... They're just they're just nodding dogs in meetings, aren't they? They just sit there and go, yeah, yeah, good point. That's all they say every time. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So here's some of the jobs I found available in hockey corporate. Go on. And there's there's I guarantee you there's way more, but I was pushed for time. So these are the kind of the first ones I found that jumped out at me. So we've got the director of hockey strategy, which is great. Okay. Uh, director. This is one job title. Director of player development and player personnel associate. <laughs> Hang on, what? That's so one he's, job title. He's, wor- he's working part development and player personnel associate. So he's the director of player development and he's working part time in player personnel. That's <laughs> like a, he's like an intern. <laughs> yeah, after his lunch, he has to go back downstairs and put on a suit that's too big for him. He's got a notepad <laughs> and pen. Hey, Mister. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, Kevin, could you, you just got... go and uh, get a couple of photocopies, please? We need some. Uh... <laughs> Whereas in the morning, he's banging his fist on the table. Where are my goddamn reports? This is a disgrace. (laughs) Then has to change his voice, change his outfit to go downstairs. Do you want two two sugars in that coffee? Okay, sir, thank you. (laughs) He has to to shave every day at midday. (laughs) (laughs) He has to shave every lunchtime as quickly as possible and then grow a beard back as fast as he can for the next morning. Only only after five o'clock, though. If if you get get shadow before five, it's... He gets Dr. Week's pay. (laughs) We've got the senior consultant to hockey operations. (laughs) The senior consultant? The senior consultant. Not the junior consultant. The senior consultant to hockey operations. Okay, that's that's clearly made up. Why? The director of alumni business and hockey development. So, so... I love how you're taking these in, and I can hear the mouse inside your the wheel going, in your head running as fast as possible. So he's both the director of was it alumni services, director of alumni business, alumni business, and hockey development. So he's equally the director of alumni business and the director of hockey development. I'm just reading the job titles out to you, mate. That's fine. I'm just I'm just working it out in out loud, sort of thing. 
but he's pro- but, like, but right. f- first in to me. Hold on, hold on. so first. Go ahead, go ahead. No, you go. Sorry, sorry, sorry. You go. You go. Sorry. First in that job title is the alumni business, which would imply to me it's it's the the primary aspect of his role. He's the director of alumni business and hockey development to a an active national hockey league club. Do you do you think that development of their current hockey players is more important than than keeping? Keeping their alumni sweet. <laughs> I love the idea that there's a director of alumni business that at some point, 25 years ago, some 17-year-old kid out of college went to the organization and said, yeah, hi, uh, I'd like to be the office junior for alumni business. And one day I'm going to work really hard and I'm going to be the under manager of alumni <laughs> business and then I'm going to be the manager and then I'm going to be the senior you know then I'm going to be the senior partner and then I'll be the director like you need a director of alumni business it's not just oh hey you know that guy who used to play for us can you give him a call and see if he'll come drop the puck on Tuesday yeah sure that's I mean that's that you know that's office administration isn't it but but th- exactly those are the jobs those are 100% the jobs that you give to like your fan favorite player yeah who's like right let's keep him on the play- payroll so we can get him to hang out and do shit like yeah the marty turcos of the world fucking i don't know who else it is for for other teams but like that's 100 those fucking made up jobs for and, and similar with that senior consultant thing like guarantee that's just some fucking moldy old fart who's been around for a million years he's like oh yeah i'll do some consulting work but i want to be called the senior and I want to earn fifty p yeah, more than the other consultants. It's just fucking. This is this is the problem with job titles at large, Dan. They're all fucking nonsense. You just have a department, right? This is what the department does. The only job titles I'm fucking interested in is manager, like or team lead, whatever you want to call it. Like, all right, you're you're the one who herds the cattle, and the rest of them do stuff, whatever it is. Like, because then you end up with fucking nonsense like this. And and like you say, it's in any industry that has a fucking hierarchy. You have fucking senior this, junior that, doing exactly the same fucking job, whatever it might be. It's a fucking pox on humanity. I couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. Yeah, you want to look at if if you ever in, if you're ever intrigued about stupid job titles, just look at the NHS. Oh mate, I can't even imagine local councils and what their job titles are. You, seriously, some of them you would have no clue what they do. No, you could not guess what their job title was. Their job was from their job title. Whereas mate, if you get into manual work. What does he do? He's a plumber. Oh, okay, I get that. What's he, he's yeah, a br- he's a bricklayer. What does he do? Wow, you'll never yeah, guess. Lays bricks. There you go. He's a plumber. What does he do? He plums. Oh, okay, I get it. Just right, a just a sense. slight aside on this. So the job I'm currently doing, which I won't say what it is, just in case. I don't know. You never know. You never know. That's going to yeah. swing back around on you. So it's got a, a relatively obscure title for what it is, and the actual job description that they list for the position. All of the um, none of the responsibilities are the same. <laughs> so, like the job itself is functionally changed, but to avoid having to go through HR and then subsequently re reassess like the compensation for the role, they haven't changed the job description. So, I, I came into the job that I'm currently in, which I love and I enjoy, uh, thinking I was applying for, and then subsequently starting a completely different job, and that's the joy of local government, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, yes. We've got two more. We've got the Senior Coordinator of Game Presentations. Okay, that, that makes more sense to me, yeah? But again, the, if you 
surely the the authority comes from the fact that you are the coordinator. Surely you just have a coordinator of game presentations. Why do you need a senior coordinator? Like, yeah. (laughs) That's it. How how many juniors have you got? Exactly. I love the idea that the coordinator of game presentations sees on the schedule, oh, opening night, say the 1st of January. Say it's the Bruins. Say it's the Bruins. Because they're going to have to do a banner drop for the President's Trophy. So the coordinator sort of writes down on an email, I think we're going to go with a yellow banner. Does she have to run it up to the senior coordinator who goes, actually, no, it should be black. And then the junior goes, oh, shit, yeah, you're right. Thank God you're in a job or I'd never have thought of that. <laughs> Is that what they have to do? Like, for the senior coordinator? Come on. I, like, I, I, that, I, can't, I can't tell you. That's got to be another one of those absolute nonsense jobs. Nonsense jobs. These are all nonsense jobs. <laughs> Fucking senior coordinator. And then, and then, just to combine just to combine how seriously important this role is, the senior director of team services. Not the director of team services, not the senior of team services, the senior director of team services. Maybe maybe the senior thing only applies when you're not over 65 or whatever, when you are actually... Yeah, I don't know. So you've got like, there's the millennial director of, of team services, the, the Gen X director of team services. We need we need the snowflake director of team services, <laughs> the the preteen director of team team services. That's what I think. There's a senior. Is there a junior director of team services? If there's a senior director, there has, like has to be a junior director. There has to be. Well, and, and this seems to be like a bit of an American thing because in a lot of American private businesses, like you've got a thousand vice presidents, haven't you? So fucking, what are you even talking about? Um, yeah, that's the joke from um, that's one of the jokes from American Psycho. Is it? Oh, yeah. Everybody who Christian, everyone who Christian Bale knows is a vice, is a senior, is a junior vice president, because <laughs> it's just that bullshit. Like you say, it's that bullshit office speak. I'm actually a junior vice president. I'm the senior director of team services. Oh, well done, well done, to you. Sounds sounds fucking cool. You know? <laughs> but yeah, you want to you want to while away a good half an hour, folks. <laughs> Just, just pick any NHL team and just look at some of those corporate job descriptions. Yeah, that, they're fucking hilarious. That sounds like a great half an hour. <laughs> getting, oh, mate, it's, I tell you. Getting pissed off honestly, at all the fucking like, randies and shit that are fucking whatever. <laughs> the randies. So the last thing this week, something silly, as we all want to do on this show now and again, as you may or may not know. With Halloween coming up, I thought we'd have a little, a bit of fun with bars of chocolate relating to hockey players i was looking at uh, i was walking down the uh, the sweetie chocolate aisle at my local supermarket and i was i was looking at i would like a there's like three or four sort of boxes in front of me different chocolate bars and i was just thinking oh wow like that's the chocolate bar version of this player and then of course the little uh, the little light bulb goes off over my head and i thought oh this would be something silly to do on the show so we're going to name a chocolate bar and we're then going to try and relate it to either like a draft pick or a player or the kind of player or something like that. And a little disclaimer before we start, if you are a North American listener, some of these might not sound familiar because you either may call them something different or you just don't get them in your country. Because I know the whole thing about dairy milk in America is not the same as dairy milk over here. Oh, really? So, yes. And there's, there's, even something, there's even something that I think Cadbury sold the rights to make dairy milk to Hershey in America. And now because of that, you can't now get actual dairy milk in America. Jesus, yeah, because they've already got the so pattern sort of version. thing. Yes, it's a different version. Because 
and I've said this a million times before, I'm sorry, but American chocolate is just gross. I don't get how you can... <laughs> like, compared to what we... I just don't. It's awful. It's awful. Sorry. But there we go. Anyway. That's, that's a different different conversation for a different day. Yeah. We should probably get someone from the other side of the pond to <laughs> shout back at us about how our milk... <clears throat> how our uh, chocolate's terrible as well. But there we go. Do you want to start or shall I start? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll throw it out there. I'll, I'll start. I'll start with go on. the... Uh... The only American chocolate I've actually got on the list. I've gone. I've gone international with this. Wow, nice! Look at you. So I'm gonna let, let me get a little description up for you because I don't know if you know this one. I'm gonna start with something called a zero bar. Have you ever had a zero bar? I've never had a zero bar before. Yeah. Well, they are basically. Here we go. So it's a candy bar combines. Uh, it's ba- it's basically like kind of like a Snickers, but with like the, a white fudge kind of outing. Outside, and it's got an all, okay. all the nougat okay. in. Like, it's really, really tasty little thing. But my point about the zero, the zero bar is it's an amazing little chocolate bar, Dan. But you just can't find them anywhere, especially when you really want them. Yeah, it's never, never okay. find them. They disappear, you could say. So they remind me quite a little bit of, of either Jack Hughes or Capo Caco. Depends which one you want to. <laughs> which way you're leaning that day. It's Jack Hughes or Capo Caco. It's, a, it's a, the infamous zero bar that I can never find. Is a zero bar like? Is that a high draft pick? Are you looking second, third round on this? Can't like chocolate bar. Oh mate, if we're if we're talking um, if we're talking chocolate bar, chocolate bars, I'd I'd probably I'd probably take it first overall. I'd consider it. Shut up. Well, it depends on how you're looking at the at the draft, isn't it? I'm I'm thinking almost like a, an NFL NBA style draft strategy. Yeah, so where oh, okay. maybe you're not taking the best player available, but it's like right. There's a high-rated QB in the in the first round. There isn't another good one for until the fucking twenty ninth round. I need a good quarterback. I'm taking him. So I, I want a zero bar. I'm taking fucking zero bar. Yeah. All right. Okay. I'll give you that. I'll give you that's a good point. That's a good point. I'm going to start with an absolute classic because to me it's a standout. It's a Twix. Oh, nice. Twix is without question. The Sidney Crosby of chocolate bars. And I'll tell you why, right? Oh, that's it's fucking an absolute, It's an absolute fucking worldie. And it does not get nearly enough respect for how good it is. To bring up an old argument I've had on this show many a times, that Sidney Crosby, as good as he is, and as much love as he gets, does not get nearly enough. Because everyone has to be fucking fancy with their stats or appear like a smart ass when the truth is right there in front of you. Twix is god tier. It's first overall every time. It's it's McDavid, it's Crosby, it's all of it rolled into one. Twix is a phenomenal. And you can even use it as a straw for your tea, which is the best thing ever. That's fucking that's fucking four year old shit, mate. My whatever. My rebuttal to that would be I, I see Twix as more of like a like your Evgeny Dadanov, your Mike Hoffman type, maybe even Tyler Toffoli or whatever. Really good. You're never going to go wrong with a Twix. Really tasty, but it doesn't have that that je ne, je ne sais quoi that can elevate them. This is what I'm talking. Right? Okay. So this is exactly what I'm talking <laughs> about. It's so good. They're so good. They're really, they're, they're really like, tasty. Yeah, but yeah, but what else does it do? It does what it's supposed <laughs> to do. It's really good. You're like, yeah, all right. It's amazing and all, but 
where are the raisins? Like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Sidney Crosby doesn't need anything else. He's already phenomenal. Um, um, T-Rex is already phenomenal as it is. Um, it's godlike. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'll counter with a, a suggestion for the Twix being the Alex Ovechkin of, of, uh, of chocolate bars. Because, yeah, it's a one-trick pony. I'll accept. I'll accept. But it's really, it's really, it's really fucking good. I wouldn't say, if you're, if you're saying, oh, what else does it do? Sidney Crosby does fucking everything. There's nothing else that I want Sid to do because so that would be impossible. <laughs> no fucking. So does a twix. Right, right, that's... <laughs> there we go. I told in. you. What did I say, everyone? I put on Twitter, we're going to start arguing on this, and you're all going to disagree with us as well. It's going to be just one massive argument. That's all that's going to happen here. <laughs> oh my god. I, I didn't even. I was trying to think, like, how, how is this going to devolve into a fucking argument? And it's not even. It's not even. Fuck's sake. Two chocolate bars in. My, right, next, my next one. It's going to be, now I had to Google this name. <clears throat> it's the Willy Wonka Whipple Scrumptious Fudge Mallow Delight. Yeah, I've heard of that. I've heard of those in my time. They, they, were, they were pretty tasty. They were around when the Johnny Depp Willy Wonka film was around. They did like a string of, of Willy Wonka chocolates. That was delicious. Yes. And partly because of, uh, you know, rose tinted glasses or whatever, I'd argue it's the single greatest chocolate invention that has ever been created. And now, unfortunately, due to circumstances potentially out of its control, it, uh, it doesn't exist. It can't get anywhere. It doesn't exist. So uh, going from the best thing in the world to not existing is is Eric Carlson, isn't it? <laughs> Do you know what the best thing is about this? I am waiting with bated breath every time you start to... Like, who's he going to compare this bar of chocolate to? <laughs> that was fantastic. Thank you, thank you very much. I, I'd like to think there's a similar sort of uh, level of thought and love and care put into all of these selections but we'll have to wait and see yeah we'll have to wait and see i'll take another classic next this is how i've gone because this is just my simple i've taken i've gone mars bar right that's next on my list as well so this is good time okay, so i'm really intrigued i'm oh, really intrigued. okay so mars bar never sets your world on fire but it's completely dependable so you know what you're getting simple nothing crazy <laughs> but it does its job and it does its job well for me, Mars bars, Matt Cullen. Okay, yeah, I can't, I can't, I can't say no to that. I can't say no to that. I've, I've, yeah. I've got a slightly different direction with my interpretation of the Mars bar. Okay, because, because to me, the Mars bar is the chocolate bar in it. I'm so giddy. Yeah, it's, it's like the chocolate bar. Like, yeah, whether or not we're talking about it being the best, but it is the. Name a chocolate bar, Mars bar, straight away in there. Yeah, like true, it is, it right, is the right. face of chocolate bars. And and like you say, they're they're always really good. But the face of chocolate bars. To me <laughs> Mars bars are almost a little bit overrated by their stature as the chocolate bar. I, I like good Mars bar, they're really good, but I don't think they are the best, but socially they're sort of accepted as the best. That said, you you yeah, you'd still always have a Mars bar if someone offers you a Mars bar. So potentially overrated as the best, but you still like it. It's Leon Dreisaitl, isn't it? Ooh. He's not, he's not the MVP, but he's still very good, and you would like him. When you put it like that, that's, yeah. Okay, okay. I know, yeah, I, I know. I know. I know. There's, there's been enough thought put into all these comparisons that you are going to agree with every last one of them. <laughs> you might be right, actually. I think that's <laughs> Okay. Could be argued in this country could be argued <laughs> that this could be the face of, of chocolate in this country. You make a fantastic pump with the Mars bar. Right, can't disagree right. with that. <laughs> Apart the from... Dairy milk. The plain dairy milk. Yeah, okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it is... It's well known. 
It's solid. It's this is your second line center who you draft high and he plays for you for twelve years. You you know what you're getting. It's 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 never ever gonna let you down. Sometimes they'll try and change things around, but for the most part, most people are always coming back to that plain bar of dairy milk. Yep, I like it, I agree. Dairy dairy milk is Gino Malkin. Oh mate, what a cost to Gino Malkin. No way that's a cuss. What a no way. What a cuss. What a I've cuss. I've already said, I've already said, according to some people, this is the face of chocolate. Like it's right up there. I'm saying like it's always gonna it's always gonna come top four in people's favourite chocolate bars ever in this country. Always. Okay. Yeah, I'll, if if you're looking at it that way. That's but fair. if you wanted to argue the point, you could argue there might be some that are probably a bit better. Maybe. I'm not saying like definitely, but they could maybe argue. Is Gina Malkin the best player ever? Well, he's not even he's not even the hundredth best player ever, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> but you could make the argument that yeah, dairy milk's really, really good, but it's not this. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, no, I, I, I get you. I get you. I, I was thinking yeah. with your description, I was thinking you were going to say Logan Couture. So maybe that's a bit of my uh, my reaction there. I'm, th- I'm on, I'm on okay. Logan Couture, no, no, and you, no, throw, no. you throw you throw Gino Malkin at me. I'm like, fuck you. No, no I, hold, I hold Dairy Milk in a high regard. That's oh, very, why I picked Gino. They're very, ta- very tasty. Very, very tasty. Yeah. So fourth, I've got the the humble plain chocolate M and M's. Yeah. Which I've... Oh, interesting. Okay, okay. Go on. So, this isn't any particular order, really, but yeah, fuck it. I'll, I'll have this as my draft order. The M and M's, yeah. They they get no respect for me from from my from my standpoint. They don't get the respect they deserve. I don't think they're very good, very tasty. But compared to, you know, they're more popular, more marketed in this country. Uh, alternative, the Smarties. I don't think they get anywhere near the respect they deserve. You ask most people, plain chocolate M&Ms, they're not interested. But they fucking That's should right. be. That's right. So they get no respect compared to their more popular counterpart, even though they are you know, objectively the better player. Better chocolate, I mean. Uh, it's it's Mira Haskinen. And the Smarties are fucking Quinn Hughes, fucking Kale McCarr, whoever you want them to be. Mira Haskinen is plain chocolate M&Ms. You see, to me, <laughs> that's a... I mean, that might be the stupidest thing you've ever said. <laughs> Saying that regular chocolate M&Ms are some kind of legit chocolate choice. No way. This is no uh, way. fucking, fucking Kate. You, you're just, you're further cementing my argument. For the first, you couldn't, couldn't even hold it in for a second to say that they're, that they're not fucking delicious. They're fine. They're fine. This is the yes. If you've got, if you've got regular M&Ms at the bottom of your chocolate barrel, you're like, yeah, all right, I guess. Okay. <laughs> no, mate. No, 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 no. No, sorry. Do you know no. what? I had M&M's as well, right? And I had all three. Peanut M&M's, regular M&M's, biscuit M&M's. And I'm going to not throw a player at you here. I'm going to throw three players. Ooh. Do you know what all those M&M's are? It's the Buffalo Sabres top line. That's what it is. Regular <laughs> M&M's, Victor Olsen. Where? Biscuit M&M's, Taylor Hall. Peanut M&M's, Jack Eichel. Peanut no, M&M's are elite. Elite. Why would you even have the other two when you've got peanut M and M's? You're Pe- mad. Peanut M and M's are fucking bullshit. I've got no time for the peanut M and M's. You're fucking crap. That's, no, that's the stupidest thing you've ever said. No time for the peanut M and M. Fucking peanut M and M. Fucking get, mental. Get You're fuck, mental. Fuck out of here, mate. Because it's just eating fucking. Nah, there's not enough chocolate in the situation. 
every time now anybody every time anybody now goes to the shop and sees those M&M packets all lined up t- together I want you to think of the Sabres Ford top forward line that's what I want you to, that's all I want you to think so you wanna, well, when you see the adverts what the red one's the 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 plain one uh, the yellow one's the peanut one what's the what's the crispy one blue biscuit it's ones blue. are blue biscuit ones are blue yes yeah, so whenever you see them bam there you go that's the <laughs> I'm not I'm not arguing with that because we've got fucking loads more chocolate to go through and <laughs> We can't get to the regular bits between the M&M's debate. Fucking, but fucking ridiculous. Fucking mad. All right. Next on my uh, list. You picked, out, you picked then, didn't you? So it's me next. Okay. Well, no, I thought you just did your M&M's, didn't you? Oh, yeah, true. Yeah, so yeah, go on. I don't, I, I, yeah, I don't, it depends on how you want to look at it, but let's just, let's just take it in turns. It'd be all right. Yeah, go on. It's fine. Especially as this next one, I don't want to draft it, but I couldn't resist the comparison. I've got dairy milk, fruit, and nut. I don't, I don't want to draft dairy milk, fruit, and nut. But it would be a perfect. It's on, the, it's on your board, and you're reluctantly looking on it, like, well. I mean, it is chocolate. I do want chocolate. If needs be, I'll take the fruit and nut because it, it it would be perfectly delicious, as you said, you know, with your with your exposition on plain dairy milk, you know, delicious chocolate bar, fruit and nut would be wonderful. But there is an integral flaw that you simply can't look past, which subsequently makes it Tony D'Angelo. Perfectly good, wow. perfectly good top four defenseman, but he's a racist. Therefore, therefore, he is the racist's the racist's choice for chocolate, the Cadbury Dairy Milk Fruit and Nut. <laughs> and you can't you can't deny because Angelo's a fruit. And I, nut. I bet you I bet your nan ate fruit and nut, and I bet she was a little bit racist. <laughs> all the fucking nanas and grandmas like fruit and nut, don't they? They've all got that little bit of fucking racism. They fucking, they fucking love it. Fucking love it. You can never get rid of it. You can never get rid of it. The segregationists' choice for chocolate. The fruit and nutists. Like I said before, there's things I just wish that we had 50,000 listeners that I could just say, let's just start calling people like that fruit and nutists. Let's just let's say, fucking hey, do fucking it. fruit and nut eater. You know what I mean. <laughs> he fucking loves a fruit and nut. You know what I'm talking about. You know how like gammon caught on? Yeah, yeah, exactly. They become fruit and nutters. Fruit and nutters. <laughs> Oh, that was fantastic! That was fantastic. Thank you. Next, I took another. Just well, yeah, I took another plain chocolate bar, but one that's meant to be of the uh, maybe held in sort of higher esteem, if you will, and that's the Galaxy bar. Oh yeah, yeah. Now I like it. I have no idea if you can get Gal- Galaxy or not in America or Canada. No idea. But Galaxy bars are fantastic, delicious. But you could only have maybe one on it. You can you can only have one. Like two is just. It's too sweet. There's too much of it. So to me, a galaxy is your overly skilled player. Not not just skilled, but way too skilled. It's just too much skill. There's too many fucking, you know, doubling back in your own zone, trying to find that stretch pass when it's not there. And I think I think the galaxy is Willie Nylander. I think it's too skilled. There's just too much skill. Like so much skill you can't even handle it. This this uh, assessment was brought to you by the fucking Lou Lamorello organisation. <laughs> the Mark Hunter yeah, fucking... I think that's the point, though. And I think, I think at least for too long, I've had too many galaxies and they needed a few Mars bars in there. And <laughs> I think that's what they've got. They've got a couple of mucky, mucky Mars bars in there, you know. Yeah. Maybe maybe a Twix or two just to, to sort of support yeah. it properly. I don't... <laughs> I, I'll give you that because it's, it's sweet, it's delicious, it's creamy and I'd imagine that all of those adjectives apply to Willie Nylander. I can't. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, 
If you put Willie Nylander on a team that's not got a ton of skill, perfect. That's what you need. But they've got too much skill. So they've had to go and get, like we said, they've had to get some Mars bars and a couple of Twinkies <laughs> to like round out the chocolate formation some, a bit. Some bucket. <laughs> chocolate formation. <laughs> All right, what have you got next? Next I've got the uh, the Caramac bar, Dan. How do you feel about the old Caramac? Oh, I didn't even think of a Caramac. I didn't Fuck even it, think of the you Caramac. Go, mate. You go. Great choice. So the Caramac bar, for, for those who don't know, I, I assume there's a similar sort of thing in in uh, in America, but I, it's like it's like caramel turned into chocolate, isn't it? It's like a like a malty white chocolate kind of thing, isn't it? Yeah. But the, the point being, you have that first bite, oh, it's fucking delicious. You have that second bite, and then you have the third bite, oh, it's fucking too much, can't deal with it. I don't know what it is, <laughs> there's just something about the construction of this chocolate that cannot last past two bites or whatever, until you just think, oh, I would rather die than eat any more caramel. So yeah, it quickly becomes unbearable after being wonderful for the for the first little bit. It's uh, it's Matt Murray. <laughs> okay, good choice, good yeah, choice. He's a fucking caramel, mate. <laughs> oh, that's good. I do like that one. Okay, okay. <coughs> Here we I'll go. take a I'll take a biscuit boost next. Oh, mate. Yeah, I, I love a. I, I was trying to get a biscuit boost in my uh, in my list, but I couldn't quite. Work out the, the the bits and bobs. So fucking lay it on me, son. Mate, this might be my favourite one. You're gonna fucking <laughs> love this. You're gonna love this, right? Biscuit boosts, fantastic, absolutely what? delicious. It's always it. you. There's never too much of anything. There's always just the right amount of biscuit in there. It's perfect, but they are a slog and they are filling. You've eaten a biscuit boost. You've had a whole meal. <laughs> like you can't manage. You can't eat two in a row without feeling you've just eaten a truck. So the Biscuit Boost, really fun, but super heavy, and you don't need two. One is enough. Biscuit Boost, no question. Ryan Reeves. <laughs> one one serving of Revo, and you're, uh, you're absolutely fine. Yeah. You don't need any more than one Reeves on your team. you got your Ryan Reeves, you're done. That's it. You don't need two of them. That's why he's a Biscuit Boost. Still fun, still great. Like I said, though, super heavy. And like, it can be a bit of a slog. <laughs> I, I, I'll agree with that. I, I was trying to think on because they used to have like Garana in it and shit like that, didn't they? Yeah, when the when Boost first came out, there was loads of different kinds. There was like four or five different kinds, but all the rest have just vanished. And the biscuit, obviously, the biscuit one was the one that everyone biscuit, just bought instead. Ones, so they just stuck stayed ahead. I was, I was trying to, out. I was trying to think of like the whole. Oh, I used to have a bit of this, but now it doesn't. So it's not quite the same. But now I couldn't get a uh, get a player. But Stella V. Let's let's double back around a bit, a little bit there, Dan. Because I've also got a Galaxy bar on my list. Oh, okay. But it's the Galaxy Cookie Crunch. I don't want a little, little <sighs> bit of the chocolate cookie in there, in the bottom. Very sneaky. Love it. This, this is a chocolate bar that I loved as a kid. When it first came out, when I first bought it out, when I was a teenager or whatever. Eating it all the time. All the fucking time. Couldn't get enough of it. Abs- arguably my favourite chocolate bar when I was younger. Nowadays, yeah, I, know, I still enjoy those memories of, of eating those Galaxy cookie crunches and you know enjoying the wonder that it bestowed upon me but nowadays I, I, I'd far rather stay clear of a galaxy cookie crunch and that's what makes them Timu Solani for the wonderful precious memories we have of Timu Solani and the ones nowadays that we'd rather forget <laughs> <laughs> yeah when you're a kid yeah when you're a kid you can't get enough of Timu can't get can't enough can't get enough but then then he, then he starts uh 
uh, you know, putting on certain brightly coloured baseball caps and saying all this stuff. And just, yeah, yeah, I preferred, preferred the good old days, Timo, to be quite frank. <laughs> Maybe I'll just go back to a playing galaxy. Maybe I'll have to do that. <laughs> yeah, let's not <laughs> go back to Paul Korea, the playing galaxy. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I had to get, I had to get, it can't be a complete love fest. I had to get something in there that I just hated. Turkish Delight. You, to see, I've, if you, I've never, I've never actually tried it. Oh, fucking awful. awful. Is it, what does it actually taste like? What, what is it? Shoes. Taste of shoes. Taste of shoes. All right. Can't even tell you. Right. Turkish Delight. No business. No business even being involved anywhere near any chocolate aisle. And if you know anybody who loves Turkish Delight, they neither need pushing off a cliff or being told to take a long walk down the wrong grave of a motorway. Turkish Delight, absolute fraud, Sean Avery, no question. <laughs> don't want anywhere near me, don't want to even smell it, don't even look at it. Get it away from me, also, don't want to see it, get out. Also tastes like shoes. So, <laughs> Also tastes like shoes. And to be fair, I'm sure I'm, I'm sure that most bars of Turkish Delight have got a higher IQ than Sean Avery, but whatever. Definitely a better moral compass than Sean Avery. Oh, yeah. Next one's a little bit out of left field. and might even be one that you haven't even heard of, Dan. Have you, have you seen Tony's Chocolate around recently? I have not, mate. What is that? It's like these, these new new bars I sort of show up. They're like wrapped in like kind of a matte finished paper and it says Tony's on it really big and they do sort of yeah, your 200 gram bar it's like really thick really thick so I thought alright here we go let's have a let's have a tear in it picks one up see I think they, they do ones with like pretzel in it and stuff as well so it's like yeah a little bit different to your average chocolate so here we go let's have a let's have a little tear picked it up come to the fucking uh, till because it was on a little independent display didn't have a price it was only fucking chocolate how much could it be <laughs> I mean, fucking four like. quid for this fucking Tony's chocolate, right? <laughs> yeah. So I was like, all right, well, I can't, I can't be that geezer who's like, no, I'm not paying four quid for chocolate. But well, it was, it was tasty. It was perfectly tasty. But uh, at what cost, Dan? At what cost for that per- at what perfectly cost? tasty hockey player? And that, and that's Jeff Skinner. That's Jeff Skinner in there. Like. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. At what cost were ah, about nine million dollars? Well, yeah, I, I mean, luckily. <laughs> The Tony's chocolate wasn't nine million dollars, you know, for, a, for yeah. just a year of it. But fucking hell, not one I would revisit for the price tag. I'll tell you that. No, Jesus Christ, you're right. This is a quick one, dead simple. Milky bar, Elias Pettersson. <laughs> I mean, he just looks like it. God, the the, <laughs> the Milky it, bars I mean, are on him, Dan. You can't, you can't. The Milky bars are that. indeed on him. He fucking is a Milky bar. If if a Milky bar was on him, he wouldn't be able to stand up. It'd be like fucking. <laughs> if you're wondering what the Milky Bar kid did when he grew up, he's now playing for the Vancouver Canucks in the NHL. He'd be like, <laughs> like in The Simpsons, where Mr. Burns gets the fucking million dollar note or whatever it is and shoots out of the cash machine and leaves a fucking bruise on him. <laughs> That's what the old Milky Bar's yeah. doing. So my number nine. Easy. Milky Bar, Elias Patterson. That one spoke for itself. My next one is Lily O'Brien's Creamy Caramels with Sea Salt. Yeah. Jesus Fucking Christ. Mate. I'm saying this because oh, they're expensive. They are expensive. And they don't last very long because they're so fucking delicious. But sometimes it is nice to treat yourself when the quality is this good. That's true. You, know, you say, I don't mind about the price tag. I don't mind that it's not going to last five minutes, but it's really fucking good. 
and I'm going to enjoy it while it lasts. So it's Alex Petrangelo. Yeah, that's nice. Thank you. I like Thank it. You. I like it. I was I was thinking then for a second, but yeah, good. yeah, that's good. I like that one. <laughs> okay, how many you got left? I've got one left now. That was my. That was one. Oh, what? fantastic! Yeah, I've got I've got my one, and then one oh, more. Another easy one. I had to throw it in there because my mother-in-law loves this stuff, and it's just fucking. Oh. It's not. It's not fruit that again, is it? But licorice. That's not uh, a chocolate bar. Licorice. No, oh, I know, cute. but then I wanted to put. I wanted to, like I said, I. I mean, again, this is going to be. I mean, this one just speaks for itself. Licorice. Very, very few people <laughs> like it. Those that do love it. <laughs> But the majority of people fucking hate it. Licorice is Brad Marchand. You can't fucking deny that, can you? No. You can't. Like, those that love it, really love it. They really love it. But, like, 90% of people are just, what is this? Like, no way. Fucking awful. And he, he, yeah. he even Brad looks Marchand. like the uh, the licorice all sorts bloke, doesn't he? <laughs> he does. <laughs> Spitting <laughs> Bertie Marchand Bassett. Spitting spit image. I said like Bertie Bassett. I was trying to remember what the geezer's name was. Bertie Bassett. Bertie fucking Bertie Marchand. <laughs> fucking Google Google that kids. Bertie Bassett. I don't, I don't mind a licorice all sort. The little square ones. Oh, one of those. You're fucking mad. No, I'm not, I'm not. I'm not like that. Awful. I'm not like that. <laughs> Just every now and again, yeah. Oh, there's a little little square one. I'll have a go. No, no way, mate. Can't be doing with it. Can't be doing with it. All right, what's your last one? My last one. It's a picnic bar. Because if you like the picnic bar, you're oh, yeah. fucking wrong. Says so Tom Wilson. Picnic bars are really good. Ah, they're fucking case about. case in point, mate. Case in point, you're selling on yourself there. <laughs> oh yeah, evidence on this show of my love for Mr. Wilson. Well, you just said you love. I've just told you what a picnic bar is, and you said I love it. So you fucking snip that, and we'll have you. We'll have you in court. I'll, I'll see you in court, mate. You'll be fucking sentenced to being the, the senior director of of player services for the Tom Wilson <laughs> fan club. The only thing with the picnic bar is I think it, it it tries to do a bit too much sometimes. It tries to be the hero. I'm not sure a hockey player that would be that it's just like just just do it simply. Just just do the simple thing. You don't need to do 17 deeks. Just just do the simple. No, it's, it's, it's still Tom Wilson. You're further further um player my case because you know he's you you can put a couple of goals in the back of the net. He is a good you know net front presence. He's a good big body to have in the, in the offensive zone. But he tries to do too much, such as decapitating people. Such as scrambling noodles, like it's fucking, it's too much, mate. Right, fair. Actually, yeah, you're right. Actually, yeah, he does do too much. How about this, Tom? You just play hockey. How about that? Yeah, how about that? Forget, leave all the street fighter shit at home. Fucking, just play hockey. For God's sake. Yeah, but you know what happened, didn't you? You know what happened, didn't you? The fucking the the picnic bar was on the ice, but unfortunately, here comes the biscuit boost and fucking swipe it into next week. Fucking exactly, mate. The biscuit boost was the death of the picnic bar, I'd say. <laughs> the biscuit boost was the death of the picnic bar on the ice. <laughs> All right. My last one, I I spent two or three minutes laughing uproariously to myself yesterday when I got this comparison because there was, I think, three or four bars that I put down immediately. And I was like, right, Twix, Mars Bar, Dairy Milk. And then for some reason, this one. But I could not think, and I had this idea like five days ago, I could not think of a comparison for this chocolate bar. And then one yesterday, as I'm literally thinking about it, fell into my lap. It's the Milky Way, right? Delicious. Delicious, but totally, totally fine, but totally bland. It's a fourth line right winger or a seventh D. 
And when it retires, the caption says, well, congratulations on a fantastic 13-year career. And you look at games played, and it says, like, 600. And you're like, oh, he's been playing for 13 years. He's played 600 games. And I could not find a player to compare this to. And then yesterday, who announced his retirement? Martin Hansel. Milky Way, Martin Hansel. There you go. I mean, I, I, I disagree with that, because Martin Hansel was pretty good at his time. He was fine. He was fine. He was fine. He's, he's, I wouldn't I wouldn't call him a fucking fourth-line right-winger. The only reason he's, he's gone so badly is because he had a debilitating back issue. Okay, and that's my problem why. Is it, well, I'm just saying, you've, com- you've picked a... this comparison. I, I, I like your... You've chosen a bad player to represent the point you're trying to make. You should have gone with, like, a... Oh, I don't fucking know. Yeah, you know what I mean? Who was that geezer for? Like Andrew, Andrew Desjardins or whatever, like, that kind of player. No, but he's not... Like a, okay, his, a Nate, a Nate like, Thompson type. Martin, Martin Hansel has had the ability... Like, the Milky Way is perfectly good. Martin Hansel, perfectly good. But they're both just fine. They're just there. I, I looked at his games played, and he'd played something like 12 years, and it was like 620 games or something. And uh, fine, yeah, I get it. Like, part of that was through injury. But Martin Hansel, just a guy. Just a guy. Milky Way... Just a bar of chocolate. Just a bar of chocolate. That's all it is. I mean, I, I think that's disrespectful to both Hansel and the Milky Way because you got them both wrong there. But all right, I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. <laughs> You're not putting Milky Way right up there, are you? Milky Way's fucking delicious, mate. Like, I don't know what you mate, want. Mate, they're so pointless. They're just like... What you put you in? The whole thing's pointless, mate. It's fucking chocolate. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Shit. You found the flaw in my argument. I fucking, fucking had him there, haven't I? He's Milky Way's are really, really tasty. I'll, I'll, I'll give it to you that I'm not necessarily going to rush to pick it over a X, Y, and Z. Over the previously but, like twenty mentioned bars of chocolate. Oh mate, I've hold on, hold on. Let me fucking open it up again because I can't even remember. I'd, I'd sooner have it than I'd sooner have a Milky Way than a Mars bar. Sooner have You're a fucking crazy. No, You're I'm not. Crazy. No, I'm not. I'm not crazy, Dan. Um, okay, we'll get yeah, you know I'd... the Milky Way. Yeah, let's add caramel to that. No, nah, mate, I'm not interested. What? <laughs> what? No, but all right. That's a fucking fundamental misunderstanding. What a Mars bar is a Mars bar is not a Milky Way with caramel. It essentially is. No, 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 no. That's not fucking true. That's not Nougat, true, and you chocolate. and you know it. No, because it's different. It's different. Way. Mars bar, nougat, chocolate, caramel. It's different kinds of nougat, though, isn't it? Add caramel to anything, makes it better. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. If I if I chucked caramel and Milky Way, it'd be the best chocolate bar that's ever lived. Yeah, they Milky... do. Well. It's called a Mars bar. No, oh, they don't. They don't, and you know it. A Milky Way. This no, is especially this is especially confusing because I think in America a Milky a Mars bar is a Milky Way. Yeah, it might be. It's this whole jelly jam thing, isn't it? We're all over the place. Fuck you know, I'm not. It's not the same. It's not the same. Fucking, it's you've got me all got me all flustered now. It's not the same nougat at all. Yeah, because I it, got you. That's why. Because I got you. You've not fucking got me. You just You're spouted. You spouted out of nonsense, and I'm not. I wasn't prepared to fucking debate this nonsense so I haven't got the information readily available in my head but you know that in a nougat in a Milky Way and in a Mars bar are completely different fucking situations they're a different colour for the fucking first start 
I think what we're learning here <sighs> is that I'm bending you into a pretzel, and if this is a court of law, you're basically now being prepared to walk down to the fucking gallows. That's what's happening. Yeah, well, no, because if this is a court of law, you've just been spouting a bunch of lies, and you'd be held in fucking perjury and contempt. You'd be held in contempt. You'd be accused of perjury, and you'd be thrown out of a fucking moving bus. Don't matter though, mate. What what you learn from famous doesn't, trials of the past? Doesn't matter. Yeah, you it's not what you can prove. Like, it's not what you can prove. It's how well you can spin it. It's how well you can spin it. Your the jury now has just looked at you, saying that Milky Way and Mars bars are nowhere near the same thing, and they're just all shaking their heads. They're just all shaking their heads at you. Will you're you're going in front of this jury, opening up a Milky Way, opening up a Mars bar, taking a bite out of it, showing them the contents. The Milky Way having a bright white nougat, and the fucking Mars bar having this like deep chocolatey brown nougat, and you said. They're the fucking same people of the jury. Come on. What are we talking about? It's essentially the... People of the jury, I implore you, it's essentially the same thing. My learned friend over here, I don't even know what he's talking about. Mate, your client's fucked. He's fucked. (laughs) Meanwhile, you're... That Milky Way. That Milky Way is getting lectured... Going to the electric chair in about ten minutes. (laughs) It's fucking OJ and the glove all over again. Exactly. Fucking not having this. (laughs) Not having this. I'm, I'm calling it now. I'm, I'm not having this anymore. See you later, everyone. Thanks. <laughs> Take care, everyone. See you next week. Yeah, fucking peace. Sweat. Sweat.